Bonjour Paris et bonjour la France. Welcome to the brand new and only radio show in Paris, 100% in English, by a real Parisian girl, me. My name is Julie Collard. I'm a stand-up comedian of the show Running in Paris. Oh my God, she's Parisian. In my show, I will talk about Paris and about making your dreams come true and changing your life. I went from lawyer to comedian in a year. I want to share with you amazing stories of people who all have two points in common. They're in love with Paris and they've realized their dreams and changed their destiny. Let's go for half an hour of discussion with a touch of humor, a pinch of non-politically correct and that je ne sais quoi that makes Parisians so special. Now let's dive into the world of Sophie Ravier. Bonjour Sophie, merci d'être là avec nous aujourd'hui. Bonjour Julie. C'est un plaisir d'être ici. Oh, so, don't worry, we're going to talk in English. So, to tell you a little bit by Sophie. Sophie is French, and to tell you the truth, Sophie and I met through my husband. She became a really close friend, and she's the godmother of my second son. But it's not for that reason that Sophie is here today with us. From as far as I remember, Sophie has always been a great person. She was working in public relations. She was traveling all around the world, taking care of stars like Naomi Watts and Enrique Iglesias. Sophie had the dream job. She had it all. I mean, she was living in a great penthouse in Montmartre. And one day, Sophie said, I don't want that life anymore. And we were all like, what are you doing, Sophie? And she said... I am going to leave Paris. So, Sophie, do you like what I said about you so far? I love it. And it's always really amusing to have somebody wrapping it up and <laughs> like, summarizing your life in a second. Because I'm like, really? How did I move away from all of this? Because it, you make it sound really lovely. Yeah, because you were, it was. you were the perfect Parisian girl. Sophie, come on, you were living in Montmartre. You had a dream job. I, I suppose I did. But what was very interesting is how... This life in Paris was beautiful on the paper, and I was very grateful for it. And as you rightly said, I was working with fantastic people, traveling all around the world for my job, um, always present at the coolest cocktail parties, and with this really nice flat that you keep mentioning in Montmartre, where we had as well a lot of great moments and parties. But the reality, and I know this is very much something we all shared when we decide to make crazy jump and leap of faith into new lives is that something was always missing from really day one where I was aware this life was fantastic but it really wasn't the one I actually wanted so it always felt like something was not quite right and it reached a stage with years passing by where I just knew I had to do something about it. Yeah but what was the triggering moment Sophie because we all have this moment in life when enough is enough. I suppose I always thought I would have a very classic life with a family, kids, maybe even the dog. <laughs> That's very Parisian. <laughs> Not the easiest time to have it, the dog, but I, I come from a pretty classic background. And as I was reaching 40, which even if we hate to admit it, seems to be a pretty classic point of midlife crisis, as Absolutely. they call it. Absolutely. It's not the 50s anymore, it's the it's 40s. It's not. That's really weird. Um, and I reached that stage where I realized that many things didn't seem to materialize the way I had imagined. And the other thing as well, as you were mentioning, is that I had such a perfect life on the outside that everybody thought was so glamorous and cool. 
that feeling so empty about it, I really reached a stage where I was aware I had to do something dr drastically different. And the only thing that was certain in my mind at that stage was my love for a tiny Greek island. We have to talk about this. This is absolutely crazy. You fell in love with a small island called... Siphnos. Can you tell us where that is? That is in the Cyclades. <laughs> um, there's basically 2,000 inhabitants throughout the year, which I often say, you know, at least I have more friends on Facebook. <laughs> That's good. Um, and it didn't make sense, of course. And I had been visiting that place for about 10 years before the, deciding to move there, really. And of course, it started as a dream because most people who go there are you know, fall sure. in love with the place yeah, because it's so beautiful of and quiet. But, but you don't want to live there. You want well, to go there sometimes. You don't want to live there. I Sophie, what happened? Well, what was very funny was the reaction when I decided that I wanted to spend more. Well, the reality was that I was aware that this place was such a paradise for me that the only certainty in the new life was I have to spend more time on this, pla in, on this island. I have to find a way where instead of spending two weeks per year and dreaming of this island for 50 weeks where I'm in Paris, this has to go the other way around and I should be... <laughs> you there. have to dream about Paris <laughs> on your small island, right? Exactly. So, and this was actually the only stable idea about the whole move. So you can imagine as well, well, you actually witnessed it more or less, I suppose, yeah. the reaction of people when you announce you're leaving that really cool job, uh, the great flats, the fantastic friends, and the Parisian life to move to Sifnos. Yeah, to a really small island. We were all like, we, nobody understood, Sophie. And you had no, because that's really important to say that you had no business plan. Of course. Of course, no, not of course. I mean, when people leave their jobs, normally they actually kind of know what they want to do, but you had no business plan. That's why I was saying that the only certain um, point in my brain was just I want to be settled there more and spend more time. That was the only plan, really, which was obviously a very, very thin plan. <laughs> and the first question I always got from there was, oh, you're in love with a Greek boy, uh, which was not the case. Uh, and then the second question, as you were just asking, was, what are you going to do there? What's your idea? And there was none. Uh, so it was a pretty crazy move, I suppose. But as I keep saying often when I chat about it, I had read a lot of books such as Eat, Pray, Love and all those kind of very American dream, follow oh your... Oh my God, this is a book I've never finished. <laughs> such a, this is like the book I hate, <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love, yeah. And all those books are all about, you know, inside yourself, follow your dreams, follow your heart, follow your guts, whatever that is. And it was the very first moment in my life where I decided, okay, I'm going to try the American way. I'm going to test the <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love concept. And I was very doubtful, deep down, but I, I, I was ready to take, the, to take the jump and try it. And that's how, that's how I ended up moving with my two suitcases in the middle of nowhere. 2013. <laughs> and in, in the middle of nowhere, indeed. Yeah, very much. And so, so because now we have to get to the point, because people are waiting for that. So you created a company that is named... The Yoga Mama Club. The Yoga Mama Club. <laughs> So you have to tell about this because you're on the island, right? You're on this island. 
I'm on this island and obviously most inhabitants there see me like this crazy French girl, 40 year old, not married, no not kids. speaking, Not speaking Greek. Not yet. <laughs> I do a little. Uh, but that was very weird for them because obviously they're much more traditional in their upbringing and living in the middle of a Greek island is pretty much like living in a tiny little country village in France where things are even more set and socially acceptable is very different than what you can expect in a city. So I arrived there and one of my key interests and very much um, something that I had helped me throughout all this um, process had been yoga. I had been doing yoga since a stage where it really wasn't cool or anything trendy like we, we witness now. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophie started yoga. I can tell that. Yeah. Before you all guys started <laughs> yoga, she was the crazy person in Paris doing yoga, right? <laughs> I remember starting and you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even say you were doing yoga. No, it was like, I'm doing Hindu things. I'm doing like the, what the Indians do. Like. And it was <laughs> yeah. smelling of, you know, old socks and Indian incense. Oh, it, it really wasn't cool. So that was back maybe 15 years ago. And it had been a really interesting practice and it had really helped me to ground and, and calm and meditate, probably, you know, helping throughout all this decision to make that move, which again was pretty irrational. So when I arrived on the island, there was two other things that were close to my heart. It was to try to do something that would beneficiate and make me work with the island, the people, the places there. And I felt as well that I was really excited to the idea of sharing teachers, practice, or any of those moments that had helped me in my process of thinking and life changing, I would say. But again, my plan since the beginning was to do it my way and my style. I drink red wine. I still smoke. I'm... I have that lifestyle where... Yeah, we have to say that. I, I saw you, David. I saw your eyes. It's like yoga, smoking, drinking. You have to explain that because that's really interesting, Sophie. <laughs> What you do now with the people is great. Your, you have to talk to us, talk, talk about your retreats. My idea was to just craft my perfect yoga weeks, which meant that um, I was going to source places that I felt were perfect to, to settle in terms of aesthetics. I wanted a certain level of comfort and luxury without going too far into that. What I mean is that I had been to many yoga weeks where the beds would be, you know, wood boards. Who wants and, that? Who wants well, that? I, I, my vision was to bring, you know, something a bit more upgraded. And again, I'm very sensitive to aesthetics and my environment in general. So obviously, on this island, I had a couple of fantastic hotels, houses where you walk in and you already feel totally surreal, serene and calm and, and quiet. So that was an important focus for me. Of course, the food and the services were to be aligned with whatever we wanted to do that week in terms of detox and doing good, good things for ourselves. But the dimension that was really key for me to share was, of course, the teacher, where I wanted people who were very strict on their discipline, but had that sense of fun and sharing, because what matters to me the most is what happens in the group and how we interact and connect. Exactly. Yeah. And the idea was really to bring together a tribe of people who are into all those questions and ready to, you know, go further into yoga or wonder about a few questions about themselves potentially, but still keeping that exploration of um, the island, of um, meeting new people and really have this, 
global holistic experience of, of some time away on the Greek island. So you do it on, in Greece, but you also did it in Morocco. You do it in Ibiza. You did it in Amsterdam. You do weekends also. Well, because all those yoga weeks are always crafted around things I love in a very... I suppose selfish, but at least a very coherent way. Oh, I think it's fantastic what you do. I mean, going to museum, doing things with people—it's—it's it's a whole—it's a whole experience. It's not only yoga you do. It's—it's it's a whole experience. That's, that's what I try to do with the weekends in the winter, because the big question was. Obviously, those times of yoga weeks in Ibiza or Greek islands are perfect from May to October. But where shall we go, you know, throughout December or January? And what I do at those times, because, of course, I live for now most of the year on my Greek islands. But in the winter, I tend to travel to experience again, you know, the urban life. And I usually spend lots of time in big cities to just to enjoy museum and see what the world has, has been doing while I was on my Greek island for six months. So what I started to current in the um, in the winter are city weekends where we will go to Amsterdam uh, stay in whichever nice hotel I I pick uh, why Amsterdam David why Amsterdam no idea. no idea do you think you can smoke in Amsterdam mm. Mm. I think so this is not <laughs> even the key point but they actually have fantastic yoga studios there and what we do then is that we follow locals, which I love. So we end up going to yoga studios surrounded with Dutch girls, you know, coming out of work. I think it's fantastic. I think that's that's what I'm saying. You you have this whole experience. It's it's fantastic to come because you you meet the people. You meet the people from the country where you are. You mix. You interact. And well, I love that you say that. And thank you. Um, my my biggest pride in what we've achieved so far is that. I would say that 80% of the girls who come, come back. come back and with new friends. And that's why the, the name came from the fact that one day a teacher told me, I'm not a yoga teacher, as you understood. So yeah. this teacher told me, actually, you know, you're a yoga mama. And the name really rang a bell because it was fun, at the same time, very well, True. motherly yeah, and, and, and right. embracing. And because of what matters to me, as you were saying, and I'm, I love that you pick that and feel that, it's what happened with the, with, within the group and through, through the people, which is essential. Uh, the idea of a club sounded nice to me in the sense that you belong to that tribe and tend to come back with new friends and meet again people that you've, you came yeah. across. And you can speak English. You can come and not be French. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, you speak English. Everybody can speak English. I actually, I, I work with teachers across the, the, the world. And they really, all speak English. That usually train in, in English. That's always our common language. And I'm lucky because I travel so much. Uh, I have clients coming from, you know, all over. Um, I have a lot of very regular um, clients, last friends yeah, yeah, coming yeah. from Istanbul, from Stockholm. So everybody from speaks English, guys. Everybody Madrid. speaks English. You can go. Yeah. Everybody speaks English. And so it, for some people, it's actually a great week for, the, for that, to practice their so, English. And you can practice your, for the French <laughs> listener, you can practice your English. And Sophie, I have a question. Do you feel more happy now? Do you feel more happy now? Do you feel happy now? Gosh, if I feel more happy is... I feel. It's not I even feel. It's in, in. I feel indecently happy. Oh my god! Um, and I'm. And and what's We're cute all too be is that I, I. Well, the good news because again, my personal story doesn't matter so much to anyone apart from what broader picture they can maybe sure. get inspired by or no, hear. You're, you're, that's inspi I mean, your story is inspiring. You've changed life and you've changed countries. So that's like double inspiration. I think that the, the key point, and that's why I was laughing with yeah. you about the e pray love 
story. It's, it's that been, I really now believe that we, we whatever we feel like really deep down inside us, even if it sounds a little crazy, there is something there to really f- face and look into. Yeah, because sometimes social, the social pressure, people telling you you're crazy because people have told you that. Like people were like, Wait, what are you doing that? And money and no, no, no. And they're going to give you tons of reasons why you should not do what you're going to do, right? Of course. And some were very well intended because they oh, were truly yeah. worried about of how course. I was going to go. Most of the time, yes. Um, and I think most people thought I'd be back within six months. And you're not. Tell us. And how many years? It's been five years. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's good. The, the nicest news, which really amazed me, is that I was pretty ready to waking up a couple of mornings thinking, what the hell did I do? I was ready for that. I thought there's no way you can be on that tiny Greek island and not think back about the days where life was so sordid and beautiful and easy in a way. And believe me or not, it never came. There was never even a second, even in the hardest time or the most confused yeah, period, yeah, yeah. Where, you, where I actually had that tiny second of regret. That's absolutely fantastic. Oh my God, she's Parisian. So now comes the second part of the show, which are the questions. Sophie, uh, did you, you, you brought me your uh, little lucky thing. What is it? So... Um, when you asked me to bring my favorite Object. little lucky yeah. star, um, I decided to bring you this brush, brooch. We're not, I'm not sure how you'd say yeah, it. Yeah, that you pin on a vest. That yeah. you pin on a vest. And that's very special to me because that's one of the rare objects I kept from my grandmother, my, yeah. my, from my mother's side. Uh, and this has always been my, my little lucky something so it's always wherever I travel obviously it's small enough as well to follow me yeah, through follow which it. is important yeah. uh, instead of a big you know marble elephant that wouldn't be quite no. the same <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that would be my lucky little star and that's it's beautiful so I just made a video so people will mm-hmm. see it and now Should Sophie see. I've asked you to like everybody else sing your favorite French song just I like that was very tough to uh, choose I know we have so many beautiful songs Uh, but that's pretty much that's so, so much gen- so much my generation that I will have to go for a little Michel Berger. Oh God! Ah! <laughs> um, I love quelques mots d'amour. Cool. I think that's a very nice song. Et, um, je t'envoie mes images. Je t'envoie mon décor. Je t'envoie mes sourires des jours où je me sens plus fort. Je t'envoie mes voyages, mes jours d'aéroport. Je t'envoie mes plus belles histoires sur l'ironie du sort. Et quelques mots d'amour. Quelques mots d'amour. Bravo! Tough one. That's oh, a tough on. one. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I liked it. I liked it. Sure it was very the, all the people I've had so far. What did they sing? They sing okay. They sing okay. Well, I've heard a lot of things. We've got like, La Vie en Rose. We had, uh, we had something from Starmania. Really hard also. No. Yeah, really hard thing. But everybody is good. I'm, I'm so happy people do it. So now, Sophie, can you tell me your favorite swear word in French? Please, please. There is one that I use a lot, but I, I, that I use with that very specific way that a friend of mine, Thibaut, has to pronounce it. So it's merde. merde. But Thibaut pre- has always pronounced it. He's been a friend forever. He goes, merde. 
with that major accent on the R, which makes me crack up laughing. So that would have to be merde. I don't even think we need to translate that, huh? No, because everybody so. knows what, what it means, right? Merde. I'm going to say it like that now. Merde. With, uh, there's even a little mm. Belgian touch to it, I think. The merde. So, like Sophie, can you describe for me the French kiss? What would be like the words that come to your mind? Like, close your eyes. I'm pretty I sure you've that's given That's pretty long. weird because, you know, because that's, for me, that's the only way to kiss. Because you're so French. I, because I'm so French, I suppose. So I never had any idea there was any other type of kisses, to well, be honest. Well, some people do not French kiss. I guess so. Oh, my goodness. They, no they idea, miss so I, much. They, they, they're missing I, like, out. Like, like that, but the way, like, we do it is different. Like, like the way we do it, like, like you're on the Pont des Arts and just like someone that you'd be like what would you do like what would it be like there's always a lot of hands and ah, huh? yeah we got that we got that we got also the word saliva are you okay with that yeah I, <laughs> I suppose yeah you, maybe sh people should be warned about that you're right <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> so Sofina, can you just like give me the name of the place when you come back to paris where you like to go where you feel like you feel home like You, you want to go. You come back to Paris, uh -huh. there's a place you have to go to. That's very funny because it's not even a place where I, I used to go so much when I was in Paris. But now it embodies so much. All of the, the typical French café. I love to go back to Café de Flore. Oh, <laughs> so everybody knows Café de Flore, right? They do. The, you know, you have those very traditionally dressed waiters and they serve you the most expensive French omelettes. And the most expensive cafés. And that's why you want It's to, more than it's six beautiful. euros. For it's beautiful. But it's very nice. So Café de Flore, everybody knows about Café de Flore. We don't In even have to say what that is, yeah, right? Yeah. And so talking about Café de Flore, you see all those Parisian girls passing by. Mm -hmm. What do you think about them? Now that you live so far away in Greece. It's very funny how I lived in London earlier in my life, so it's not the first time I live abroad. But I was always very surprised at the, the, the image globally that foreign people Project on, yeah. on, on French women in general, like we're so chic and so stylish and so elegant. I must say that being away, <laughs> when I'm back, I so fully agree with all those people <laughs> where there is a way, and I, I really don't include myself in those women, all right? But there is, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the, 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 the way they will dress or put things together with a touch of style without even realizing or really having to work so much about it. I think there's a real thing about so this, a real which, thing. I, which I found as well with Italian women, That's to be what honest. I think also, really. Um, yeah. But I do, you know, I know there's this big joke about, you know, the French bun, uh, how the French girl have this fantastic way of putting their, their, their hair up in a crazy manner, usually because they go for shower. And Not because the American our hair is dirty, we have to say that. The bun <laughs> is because our hair is dirty. <laughs> oh, that's my thing. <laughs> that's what I... Or it didn't come out, you know, after the shower, you just forgot to put yeah, it down, something yeah. like this. Yeah, we're not Americans. We don't like... Yeah, but you know like me how Americans go all about tutorials and stuff to have the same crazy bun on the, the top of their heads. Um, so there is that thing about the French style. But honestly, coming back, sitting in a cafe and just watching the girls walk, pi walk past and checking out what they wear is delightful after a long time away, I must say. That is Very so much true. so crazy, huh? Yeah, I know. I know. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you think about the style of Brigitte Macron? 
Et, alors, the truth is, I haven't seen anything she's been wearing for the past six months because I, I, don't, I don't have TV. I don't have TV on my Oh my God, you have TV. Of well, she, she, she wears Louis Vuitton. She wears a lot of skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. she, she, but she's like, she, I think she dresses well. I you don't, don't know. Yeah, I, in my recollection of last winter, she wasn't doing so bad. I thought she was wearing stuff that maybe aged her a tiny bit. She could go. But she's like, she's not like 20 anymore. Sure, but yeah. she could totally go. Yeah, she's sexy. Huh? Yeah. She's got a pair of legs. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to have that. Huh? So David is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brigitte. No, she's so cool. She's, cool. she's really cool. She's and I like her husband. I do like him. I, I, think, I think he's kind of sexy. Not as sexy as Justin Trudeau, of course, which is my favorite, <laughs> favorite. But I do like him. Now, Sophie, can you tell us, have you seen my show in Paris? Of course I've seen your show. When was that? I don't even remember. That was back last winter. So I know oh, it keeps evolving. So that's the thing. I'm, I'm sure, I know it keeps evolving. Yeah, it does. Um, it so changed I'm sure a lot. it changed a lot. But yeah, but you I have to come back. Of course I will. You have to come back. I can't wait. So now I think we are at the end of the show. And Sophie, I think you have a retreat. End of October, right? Alors, the next uh, Yoga Mama moment will be a long weekend next to Barcelona uh, in a beautiful house I found on, in one of my trips. Okay, will there be sangria for the people? Uh, If you're very, sangria? very nice, you may be allowed some so sangria. I may, I, may, I may go there. I, just, I, may go, I, may, I may watch you because I don't do yoga. I may watch you just drinking. Watching, yeah. Yeah, I'll watch you, you and I'll sangria. be like, girls, go, go, guys, go, go, go. I'm drinking. I'll, I'll, I'll watch you and drink. So we are at the end of the show right now. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much, Sophie and the Yoga Mama Club for being with us today. Dear listeners, do not forget to come and see Oh My God, She's Parisian every Friday and Saturday night at Théâtre Beau Saint-Martin at 7.30 p.m. You will find more information on my website www.juliecolas.com Thank you very much for listening to us today. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Au revoir.